Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back, I'm Brian. <laughs> the giggles are back. <laughs> Have you missed the giggles? Uh, have I missed giggling? Sure. You made such a funny okay. face when you said starting now. It was not that funny. You said starting, and then you mouthed your, your now. Your mockery of my face. You looked so funny. <laughs> Did I? Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I understand that you've prepared something special for I, our listeners and or just me. For myself, yeah. And, oh, and for you, too. Yeah. Special for the two of us. Yeah. Self-gratification. Special thing. We're going to start off with some self-gratification, <laughs> then, from you. Okay, great. Looking forward to this. Yeah. I don't remember the last are. time that we... I'm sad about, like, I don't... It's been a month? Longer? It's been longer it's than a It's been month. at least a month. I, I look at the uh, the date in just a moment. First, I'm pulling up the issue. While you... Go ahead and gratify yourself. Launch. <laughs> well, and me. You're, you're pleasuring us both <laughs> oh, with the thing that you're about to thing do. that I'm about to do. Yeah. Which is reading, which is, I guess, something we both enjoy. I enjoy it. <laughs> okay. I don't know what you're thinking of. Uncanny X-Men. This is a recap, is what it is. So I know. If you're it's gonna a be, written out yeah, recap. It's a written out recap. It's pretty long. So if you're listening and... You aren't, but if you are and you don't feel like being recapped, you can you can go to the bathroom because I'm going to be reading for a while. They can also fast forward. Oh yeah, they don't need to go to the bathroom. Well, can or you can go to the yeah. You can fast forward, fast forward, and then then take it with you into the bathroom. All right, Uncanny X Men issue two two seven is called In the Belly of the Beast, and it was released in March of. I wrote nineteen ninety seven, but I must have meant nineteen eighty seven, and cost seventy five cents. On the cover, we see Storm leading a group that has changed a lot, I think, since our last actual recap. We see Havoc, Rogue, Colossus, Wolverine, Dazzler, Psylocke, and Longshot. Sadly, I'd have to read the last prior issue to be able to start this recap less abruptly, but I don't have time for that. So we'll jump right in. We see Eagle Plaza forges home base in Dallas explode, and briefly believe the X-Men and that nice NPR reporter to be dead. Before we're through the first page, however, we learn that... Dun, dun, dun. They're alive. I do remember that in the previous issue, and this is not me reading, mm-hmm. I'm just remembering something that uh, Irene had, had like predicted that the X-Men were going to die in Dallas, mm-hmm. so we're all waiting for this for this death. But not now. They're alive. Not now. They're alive. The title page is pretty cool, with NPR Neil narrating the action and reintroducing all the X-Men along with Madeline Pryor. They are in Vietnam, of all places, or a facsimile <laughs> of Vietnam, they see an infantry group wiped out, but Madeline sees that there is a survivor, Forge. He casts a spell that sucks the life force from his comrades and uses shaman, shamanery. Shamanic. Shamanic devices. Shamanic. <laughs> Mnemonic devices. Do, 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 do. <laughs> to open a portal in space and let in a bunch of monsters so that his comrades' deaths can be avenged. He calls it an airstrike, and we see B- B-52s flying in to drop 60,000 pound bombs. Madeline is pretty freaked out. Havoc tries to calm her and she says, no Havoc, not okay. Never again. At this point, I'm not sure whether she means that they'll never be okay again or working through some of her own pilot stuff about having dropped bombs. I think who, late, who, who knows? later yeah. on it becomes, yeah. maybe it's probably the first, but the, in the moment having read it, I was like, what is she so freaked out about? Uh, we cut to newly buff Naze, who is holding Storm Roma, the Earth's Earth's celestial guardian, I guess, and Forge, imprisoned in a pillar in his space city. 
He reminds Storm that he'd offered her and Forge the chance to participate in the daybreak of his new age, and he's pissed that they decided to return to the fray. He wants to destroy the Earth, and he doesn't care about humans. Storm has her powers back, but Naze uses them to create a buffer around the fortress. Like all lunatics, he is sure he will prevail. But Roma <laughs> seems like she has an ace up her sleeve. By the, by the way, um, uh, lunatics and lots of other people think that they're going yeah, to prevail. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people yeah. think that they're going to prevail. But right. yeah, uh, uh, so, of... Social justice movements. Um, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Just, you know, a lot of... and Gandhi, has, like, Gandhi was pretty convinced. Yeah, that he was but going he has prevail. like that yeah. sort of... Uh, uh, wild no, I, I, certainty. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying, and, and it's uh, yeah. All right, we're it's back in the NPR van with a feed from the X-Men in parallel Vietnam or past Vietnam. The reporter asks Wolverine whether he thinks Forge called in the airstrike to stop the flow of demons because he'd had second thoughts about opening the space portal or to cover up his atrocity. Wolvie tells him to get fucked. The reporter <laughs> reminds him that they've been outcasts all this time, and this is their opportunity to let the world see that the X-Men are the good guys. We're not sure how Wolverine feels, but Havoc thinks this is a great idea. Now that the airstrike is over, the X-Men are not sure what to do because that was past Forge, and Psylocke knows that current Forge is in Naze's floating citadel. Rogue decides to fly up and check it out, but gets buffered away by wind, which, mm. as I said, is actually Naze redirecting Storm's powers to show her what a big man he is. Yeah. Rogue slams to the ground, and they have to come up with a different plan. They decide to have Longshot pull them along. His bones are hollow, and he has incredible luck. It's Dazzler's idea, and I'm happy to see her contributing positively. I'm also happy to, cons- <laughs> to see her with a sword in her face. <laughs> so yeah, great. That she still so has awesome. the sword in her face. That's yeah. true. Um, and Pierre Neal asks Longshot why he's willing to take that chance, and Longshot says simply that his friends are in danger and he has to do what he can to free them. Simple as that. Neil asks Madeline why she's there, and she says that, like Martin Luther King, she wants the X-Men to be judged by the content of their characters, and also for her husband and son. And where the fuck is... Where the fuck are they? Yeah, where the fuck are they right now? Rogue takes off, and at a certain height, flings Longshot ahead. Everyone follows, including Colossus, who has to transform back into a man so they they can get off the ground. And Pierre Neil comes along, too, knowing that he probably will not survive. Saying, what the heck? (laughs) What the heck? Glad I wasn't like Leanne. What was the name of his wife? He's like, I, I, I should probably just go back to oh, Leanne okay, and the kids. <laughs> it's like, that's the sort of thing that you can say. Yeah, you Leanne know. and the kids. Yeah, if, right. you, if you actually die, but if you survive, if you survive your wife is going to be like, what, what the, the fuck f- <laughs> were you doing? Yeah, yeah. Are you had a great way to go out? No. No. <laughs> you moron. Asshole. Yeah. Life insurance will barely cover us yeah. for like the next twelve months. I yeah. gotta get a job. What? Maybe she's already got a job. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Uh, get a better job. They break through, and Naze seems a little bit impressed. Longshot throws some steel knives and wounds Naze, and then Rogue tries to French kiss all of his powers from him. <laughs> Wolverine wants a turn, but realizes this, realizes that his claws can't hurt Naze. Peter realizes that Longshot's blades were steel, and that maybe that's Naze's weakness. He's right, because Naze tells him, you're not supposed to be here. And uh, someplace else he's called a ringer. The minute Colossus hits him, Naze sheds his buff old man form and becomes a creepy black monster. Mm-hmm. Turns out he had possessed Naze, who oh. was maybe a good guy. And now Rogue actually has Naze's powers. She can open a portal, and the demon's powers are weakened enough to free Storm and Rogue. Yes, Storm and Forge, but not Roma. Okay. So she's like fighting with him and, and somehow like Longshot and somebody else hold him in like a psychic hold. Anyway, they realize that only Forge has both the strength and the knowledge to defeat him. 
but he won't do it. Things get pretty weird here. Forge says that since he opened the portal with the souls of his buddies without their consent, the only way it can be closed is with soul force freely given. That was a quote. So yep, Forge yep. will have to kill them all apart from NPR Neil, who has nothing to do with this. Right. <laughs> Madeline has to stay, unfortunately, to make nine souls. Forge and Storm say goodbye. Forge chants. The X-Men transform into, quote, beings of pure energy. They become a star. Forge throws the star. The adversary is gone. And Forge isn't sure it was worth it. And you get this weird Ten Commandments thing. Oh, yeah, to, uh, that's right. It looks that. like a tablet tablet thing. Yeah, yeah. Cut to Muir Isle with Kitty watching NPR Neil's footage of the death of the X-Men. Moira calls her, and she sees that Nightcrawler is awake. She's happy to see him, but he can tell that something's wrong. Back in Dallas, everything is back to normal, apart from that Eagle Plaza is just a pile of shiny rock. <laughs> Neil is reunited with his crew. Mystique calls Forge a murderer. He walks away, probably not wanting to have that conversation wearing just a loincloth. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, he <laughs> left his credit card uh, in some Vietnam. thing with pockets. Vietnam, yeah. Yeah. Finally, back at the Citadel, we learn that Roma has decided that the adversary really can't be locked away forever because the universe needs that kind of chaos, and from chaos comes change, and from change comes growth. Okie dokie. Something in that. We'll, we'll, we'll return to that. Yeah. Uh, upshot is that she locks him up, quote, for an age and brings the X-Men back to life. Right. She wants to reward them by putting them back on Earth or any other world or any era or any reality. Obviously never having heard of the butterfly effect. <laughs> Wolverine tells Storm that her plan Omega worked if everyone figures them dead. Roma, well, actually is him and says that they really were dead. And he replies hilariously, whatever. <laughs> yeah. What you want to go now is a rebirth. Eh, whatever. No, whatever. Yeah. Don't, don't try to baptize Wolverine. <laughs> they decide to go back and settle some scores without telling anyone that they are alive. Before they were heroes, says Roma. Now they can do even more good as legends. But this is not the end of the X-Men. No. No. Because there's, this is only like issue 227. We are not remotely done with the Even in that block on Marvel Unlimited, there are at least... Three thousand like five uh, five hundred and nineteen issues plus all the the spinoffs and all oh, the that. other all the yeah. other Michigas. Yeah. Um, thank you for that amazing yeah. recap. That was really terrific, and it refreshed my memory because I'm like three issues past this oh, okay. at this point, um, which is not loads, but uh, I really had to within the past five minutes. <laughs> work my way back. I thought that we had already covered this. No. Uh, clearly we hadn't. Yeah. But uh, thank you for the recap. Yeah. That, that, that that helped out a lot. Yeah, I wrote it while you were uh, taking the, the girl child to the... The girl child. It was something like a, like, like a weird uh, suburban mom writing a blues song. <laughs> taking the girl child <laughs> to see your friends in the orchestra. Yeah, taking the, the girl child. middle school. All right. <laughs> uh, that was really awful. That um, that improvised, improvised blues, blues thing. Yeah, we'll have to workshop that for next. We'll time. have to workshop that. Um, um, yeah, no, I was happy to do the recap because I haven't done one in ages, and I thought I might have time. And uh, I had read this one, and I actually read the next one. Oh, fantastic! Because we had okay. talked about doing two at a time, which uh, we're gonna, we're gonna which do. Maybe someday we'll do. It's coming, but uh, someday being like maybe this weekend, maybe. Um, but I wanted to, I had to go back and reread it because I had truly no idea what had happened. Like, I didn't, I barely remember what happened in the last one because it was so yeah. long ago. And when we recorded that one, I had read that last one a long time before that. Right. So right. it was, yeah. So, so having caught up, and we're, we're, 
I'll take a step back. Do you feel caught up? Yeah, sort of. Right. Yeah. The, the whole arc uh, that ends in Eagle Plaza, the, the whole Fall of Mutants arc is one that uh, I, I wish we had had the, the opportunity to, to deal with. A, a, with a little more momentum. Yes, I agree. Uh, that was going to be one of my comments too. Yeah, man plans and God laughs. Um, <coughs> I, I don't feel that we got the same punch that we would have had we been reading it in, mm-hmm. in, in, in issue a, a issue. regular pace. Yeah, agreed. Um, so you agree with that? Yeah, cool. I do. Um, that notwithstanding, thoughts about the uh, the fall of mutants saga. I mean, like I. Honestly, like I barely remember the, right. the beginning of it. Okay. Um, you know, I, I this one certainly felt like a like a conclusion yes. of like a fresh chapter. A yeah, in the in the in the thing. Um, my memory for stuff like that. I probably if I had read it when I was fifteen, I probably mm-hmm. remember it just as well <laughs> as I do as I remember it now, having yeah. read it like three months ago. Sure. Um, this one definitely felt like an ending. Um, have to refresh myself exactly on how we got here. I think I mostly liked it. I liked this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like that they all came back at the end. I mean, I didn't dislike it. It just felt like a, it felt a little cheaty. I'm actually okay with that. I understand it's, why I mean, you it's very s- comic. Yeah. Well, I understand why you would say that for, for me. I, I like it. Uh, not for the comic-y stuff. I, I, I like it for, for, on, on a, not meta, but f- from the extra narrative, narrative, narrative. <laughs> anyway. Extra narrative. Extra narrative, yeah, right. The extra narrative. Uh, it's an extra narrative affair <laughs> that Claremont extra, is, extra is having with the audience. Uh, it, 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 and I'm sure that uh, Jason Powell talks about this, but that, that it feels like... Claremont is availing himself of an opportunity to to press the reset button. So from that standpoint, I, I like it because it, it feels like so much of the past 12 or more issues has been uh, Claremont kind of kind of grasping at whatever. <laughs> and it, it's almost as though he's finally figured out how to exhale. Right. And... And, and pick something up. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. I, I don't, I, I understand that it, it is totally a cheat. Yeah, it feels like a cheat, yeah. But it, it's one that I think Claremont needs. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, it's, Powell mentions also, and, you know, I don't know, but that, like, other instances in which Roma, and I guess she's got, like, mm-hmm. a brother or somebody, uh, appear, mm-hmm. like, sometimes is used as, like, a kind of a, a way to create like i guess roma sometimes is used as like a way to create a sort of a just so ending or there okay. are other instances where roma appears where she's things like, so kind deus of like yeah so it kind of works out emphasis on a, the deus yeah yeah exactly okay okay uh, where things kind of you know she sort of facilitates things working out in a just so way to set something else up or whatever okay I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm 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 not troubled by that yeah. in comics. It it's um it, it is scarce and precious currency mm-hmm. in in comics. Yeah, you can't do it all the time. It, exactly right. You, you can't. You, yeah, I'll just saying what you said in different words. You can't. You can't do it all the yeah. time. The the impact is reduced, and you can't just cheat the audience over and over again. In this case, I. I 
I, I don't feel that cheated. I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely something where, yeah, Roma snaps her fingers. Right. Um, Claremont, I, I, I think, tries to get across. Well, no, actually, there were stakes, there were consequences. You were technically dead. Immediately undermines <laughs> yeah. it yeah. by saying whatever. <laughs> uh, Claremont being Claremont, the fact that they were actually dead for a little bit, that may uh, be something that that matters later. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, point being, uh, I wasn't that, it didn't feel like that, it, it felt kind of earned. There was mm-hmm. a lot that happened before that. The X-Men, okay, like the X-Men are dead. This isn't the last issue of the series. <laughs> We've been teasing the X-Men dying and, and, and how they die without dying for me is kind of an afterthought mm-hmm. to here's how we're resolving all of this. The, the team is here. Feels like all the characters are pretty well set. It's taken a long-ass time to do that. Yes. Storm's got her powers back. There is resolution between her and Forge. We have a, a, a situation in the United States that is uh, a continuing, continuing culmination. Can a culmination continue? <laughs> sure. All right, there's some pair of words that I'm groping for there. <laughs> Ongoing culmination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the beginning, the re- the beginning the of the end. The revived culmination. Yeah, the beginning of the end um, of something. A, a continuance of, rather, a deepening. That's okay. the word that I was looking for. A, a deepening of uh, this this anti-mutant sentiment, the, the mutants as, as, uh, as pariahs, with the... The uh, the switch up of freedom force, brotherhood, evil mutants, and, right. and all that. So there's a deepening of that. Um, I had some point about that that I lost sure. in my own grammar. Uh, I, I I I'm looking forward to what's happening next. Yeah, yeah, and th- I mean, I I you had said something about them sort of uh, seeming coalescent as a team. They don't a hundred percent feel that way to me yet because I may never like any other X-Men, yeah. you know, group as much as I liked the first group that yeah. I came into contact with. Oh, sure. Um, I don't feel like, you know, for example, long shot, like I still don't, and maybe there are I other titles that I would have had to have yeah. had to have read to feel more like connected with him as a sure. character. When I say that, the team seems to have coalesced. That doesn't necessarily mean that I like every member. So the, yeah. what I mean is it, it, it's probable that Claremont's done dicking around. Yeah. And it certainly feels the, yeah. like this. I would agree that this issue feels like they are the most of like the most as a group that they have been. Right. All along. Yeah. And, you know, though I still am confused by who Longshot is or where he came from or sort yeah. of what his powers yeah, yeah, yeah. are. You know, they tried to kind of uh, humanize him, or he's not a human, I guess. He's an alien. Uh, it's complicated. Alienize him uh, with, you know, all my friends are in danger. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, however I feel about him, it certainly feels like he feels that he is a member of that team. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I have, like, no notes whatsoever. So... I'm continuing had, to hang by a thread. We had uh, mentioned uh, that, that we need the adversary because there needs to be... Uh, chaos and growth oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing uh and also in the same panel on the same page they they mentioned that uh roma in her in her people's age was uh, about the same age as kitty mm. and so like for me i don't know maybe because i'm much much older than kitty in human right. years like that's that seems like a signal of like this is what she thinks but like 
she's pretty young. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been like goddessing for that long. So, you know, there's like an element of it where I wonder if that's going to come back to bite her. Although I think that probably, yeah, maybe, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't yeah. get the feeling that we see a lot more Roma coming up here for a while and okay. maybe even never again in the X-Men. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to yeah. read on. Um, what I was going to say about the need for chaos, I, I, I was tempted to uh, refer to my even less than superficial understanding of Hinduism. Uh, it was explained to me by a Hindu, <laughs> let it be known, uh, it, 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 that, that cosmology, I like, I, I like the idea of it insofar as I accurately understand it that there is this cycle of creation, preservation, and destruction, Mm -hmm. that that is a necessary component to the universe. What I, having had time to to think a little deeper, what I would like to invoke is, I think, more relevant and deeper and and more soul-stirring than that. And that's the end of Smokey and the Bandit Part 3. You'll recall that at the very end of that, well, actually, first of all, you'll recall that Burt Reynolds is not in Smoking the Bandit Part 3. They apparently couldn't find enough cocaine to pay him off for that. I would, so I would Jerry recall Reed, that if I who had, works for sure. uh, less cocaine and or tequila. Jerry Reed. I don't know Jerry Reed. Is. Jerry Reed, yeah, he, he's the guy. He's uh, he's uh, Smokey, or rather Bandit's truck driving Wait, partner. Is Smokey the, is he the Smokey dog? and the Bandit. He's not the, do- is the there a dog. Bear? Is there a bear? What am I You're thinking? thinking of BJ and the Bear, and, the bear. And, or any which way you can, or any which every which way but loose. But let's talk about Smokey and the Bandit okay. Part Three. They're both people. Spoilers, spoilers. It ends. There is a wager made, mm-hmm. and Bandit wins the wager. Where he, he has the opportunity to win th- this wager, but he allows Sheriff Buford T. Justice to. <laughs> He's like he's like carrying a a, a, a a like plastic shark from one place to the other or some early eighties bullshit. So so he loses, right? He loses the race. Uh, Smokey wins it. Okay. And the girl that he's with says, "What are you doing? Why did you do that?" And he says something mm-hmm. that I think speaks to this in a way that Hinduism has never been able to <laughs> to match for many thousands of years. Yep. He says something. He says, well, "That is Smokey." There is no bandit. <laughs> so, in order for the, you, we need darkness in order for there, there to, be, to light. be light. We need chaos in order to uh, help us understand and value order. Something that honestly, um, I mean, I guarantee you, Claremont saw that movie and he thought, <laughs> "I need to weave that you know five years from now into uh, into the X Men." Did you ever see Smokey and the Bandit Part 3? Uh, obviously not, because I thought it was about a about dog. I don't think I've seen any of them. So Bandit was the name of a dog of the dog in Little House on the Prairie. I don't know. Briefly, I... I, um, I was I, pretty sure that Bandit was the name of the bear. <laughs> so I, I'm going to do this really quickly, because this is a, just an interjection. As you know, I had Sorry. to go to Kentucky for a few days uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and my cousins were there. And I, I made, so Little House on the Prairie was on. And so I uh, said, hey, did anybody ever, anybody ever remember that Little House on the Prairie episode where an underage girl got raped? <laughs> and, Silence. And so, 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 so my older cousin and, and my stepsister were there. I was like, eh, no, I don't remember that at all. 
and then and then like um later my, my younger uh first cousin uh i, I mentioned that she's watching little house on the prairie he said, <coughs> said hey do you remember that episode where that uh, underage girl got raped she's oh yeah that was messed up <laughs> and I, there's some other episode that i mentioned and she's like oh yeah yeah that would too she has an insane just detailed knowledge of, little house of on the every fucking episode wow how many seasons of little house on the prairie were there there's like seven or eight or something like that but um anyway bandit was the name of the dog mm. and uh if you want to know anything else whatsoever about little house on the prairie email cerebro at xmenfiles.com i'll reach out to my cousin to answer that <laughs> it's All funny right. watching bandit is the name of a dog little house on, house on the prairie. prairie like even as a very young person yeah even like with all the weird like hair and clothes and stuff mm -hmm. i was pretty sure that in real life Pangles was pretty hot um probably yeah. yeah one of your people by the way michael landon mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um ma angles oh she was a smokestack <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean you know yeah 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 um karen grassle i think is the name of the mm -hmm. actress uh, i like yeah. house on the prairie i mean i don't remember oh, the one too, about the man. rape but yeah i like you it's best that you don't yeah, remember I like that, that one show. It, it's a bummer <laughs> it's a it's like a two-part episode too it's got this weird like kind of guy fox mask that uh, the rape he's a serial rapist okay it's not like a one-off one-off like a bad date yeah it was weird mm -hmm. and it's one of these things that i just i'll never be able to scrub from my memory mm -hmm. it's like it's four in the afternoon i'm at home from school i'm like eating pop tarts or whatever the fuck and it's like <coughs> hey there's somebody getting raped on tv <laughs> What the fuck? That's, that's weird. Yeah, they're supposed to be like raising crops and uh, yeah, farming and yeah, going to church farming. and stuff. Yeah, there's the time that uh, uh, Pa's friend got got liquored up on on cough medicine. And mm, had a, I think had a I problem. remember that one. Yeah, yep. weird, 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 weird. Um, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, without a Smokey, has a lot to there say. Is no bandit has yeah. a lot to say about philosophy. About philosophy. Returning to the X Men. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can see that. I guess people people need a you know an an evil thing, and if and if they get rid of the evilest thing, then the next evilest thing becomes the evilest yeah. thing, um, which maybe isn't always all that good. I'm not sure. I, I yeah, you, it's, I I think sometimes about our, our our present our present cultural moment, where it feels like everything is shit. Yeah, at the same time, but like uh, another metric, like. Things ought to be awesome. Things right? ought to be awesome right now. Yeah, it's, and this yeah. isn't, and I'm, I'm not like doing a bit or anything no, like that. I agree with you. But for a part of me wonders whether things are like so fine. And by the way, I swiftly acknowledge for a lot of people out there, it's it's a struggle and it's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But they're so busy just making ends meet. They're not the people that are shouting right. right they can't all right i'm talking about the, like the people who were like on tv uh, just running their goddamn jaws i i'm wondering if like it's so awesome that things are, are, are like going in a weird way like they just have to pick something and they have to raise their voices to 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 be heard in some fashion. Well, or that there's like yes, I I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Matrix, where you know, the first version of the Matrix, where like everything was fine, but but humans weren't happy with it. Whole crops were lost, <laughs> so they had to have the Matrix, where like like things are are just difficult enough that 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 humans will be happy. Right. Whole crops were lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're in uh, a simulation. Yeah, we probably are. Anyway, yeah. We're in no. a simulation that I don't need to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
I mean, you can still starve to death in your simulation. Huh. But does it matter? You should read that book about the airplane. The airplane? The airplane thing, the anomaly. Oh, is that the, that's the thing on my on, on my um, nightstand? No, the I thing on your know. nightstand is like a cool book of okay. uh, short stories. What's really depressing about the thing on your nightstand is that like, I really enjoyed that book. The book is called Ex- Exhalation by Ted yeah. Chang. Um, okay. And but then the other day, like, I picked it up to flip through it because I enjoyed reading it so much. And like, a lot of what I flipped through, I was just like, I have no actual recollection. Oh, I wouldn't worry about having read that. Like, I enjoyed this book. I read it, read every page. I've forgotten a bunch of shit. But yeah, it's like that's. Hey, that book about the silo. Do we we don't own that physically, right? No, we don't. Okay, you should read that. That book's awesome. Well, I'm I'm gonna need to read that book. I'm sorry. You're going to need to stop. Stop what I'm doing. I'm not going to describe what no, you're doing just don't. now. <laughs> it's just um, I need to read that book. here. And then we need to buy Apple TV for one month and binge the televisual version of that. It's three books. Whatever. Okay. I'll read three books. We've got plenty of time to work on this. A, because you said that it's good. B, because people said that the show is pretty good. And C... Although this is actually, A, the most important reason to watch it. Someone hot in it. Yeah, Rebecca Ferguson, baby. <laughs> I know Rebecca exactly, I know exactly who she who she plays, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading that book now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the book is all, all three of the books are completely awesome. And if you had, okay. uh, right, I'll check he's talking about the wool. The wool, uh, okay. wool, wool is the first one, dust, and then I can't remember okay. what the... Th- earth dust i can't remember what they're called sure, but sure. wool is the first one and it. it's awesome all right I'm, I'm still languishing post the expanse i mean i've read shit but it, like nothing i've not enjoyed anything as mm. much as I, I i've enjoyed the expanse yeah, yeah i right. mean if you had if you had the patience to read all nine of the expanse books then you can easily patience hell i'm thinking about reading those again work through <laughs> those books yeah. yeah uh so, so we've clearly veered off of um the x-men we're at uh, 30 minutes uh, Thirty minutes, doodah. Do we want? Let, let's do. Let's do uh, pop culture roundup. Pop culture roundup. So I'm, I'm, I pulled up Letterbox, and we've got we've got a lot to cover. Yeah, I was gonna say we probably we talked about Weekend at Bernie's. I know last time. Uh, <laughs> Weekend we, at Bernie's was awesome. It was it was good. It was good. It was yeah. a it was a good night in. Okay. Um, we saw Jaws since then. We don't need to talk about that. Um, saw Tenet. I'm I'm nearly complete on Christopher Nolan. Tenet is uh, currently our son's favorite movie. Yes, and he, that's great. Yeah. He, well, and he likes Christopher Nolan. He does. We're going to rewatch Dunkirk, which he didn't care for. Okay. But maybe uh, maybe we can get him to dig it. I enjoyed Tenet. Tenet was awesome. Um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Do you want to touch on that just real quickly? Yeah, on Her Majesty's Secret, Secret Service was delightful. Yeah. Well, what did, yeah. what did you like about it? What did you maybe? Uh, what was weird? What was funny? I mean, I always find all that like old James Bond stuff to be pretty, pretty weird. Um, okay. But what was fun? I don't know that it was. I mean, I just like like okay. So we saw it in a movie theater, which sure. like right away makes it awesome and yeah. cool. Um, that James Bond was pretty hot, which uh, George Lazenby, George Lazenby was yes. pretty hot. Yes, Australian uh, model George Lazenby still alive. Yes, yes. In his in his eighties. Um, I don't know. It was charming somehow. Like yeah. he he fell in love. Right. Uh, he was sad. It was very human. Oh, yeah. I actually didn't feel like I. I mean, I know you told me I didn't know this that that his performance in that movie was sort of generally panned. But oh yeah, 
Uh, I thought it, it was, was not well received. Very touching and and fun, and there was yeah. a lot of fun action. It was a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit long, which is always yes. my. But it's for me, it's all like seeing a movie at night. It's always a little bit long because <laughs> yeah, my feet yeah, get itchy yeah. and I get sleepy. I, I, I enjoy the hell out of that. I, I've seen that movie a couple dozen times, probably. Yet, I think it remains my favorite Bond. Yeah, I can see that Bond film. Um, largely on the strength of Diana Rigg, mm-hmm. who is just amazing, an amazing Bond girl, uh, absolutely untouchable <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for, for my money. Uh, even beyond the fact that she's gorgeous, that character is terrific. She saves James Bond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Uh, it, like she's a badass and she's, she's just really terrific. I, I like the movie also. Uh, yeah, there's some campy late 60s, early 70s mm-hmm. shit, but I, I like that, at least relative to other James Bond films, it, it's almost grounded. It's mm-hmm. almost plausible. Right, right. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I, I enjoyed that that bit of yeah, it. Yeah, no, super fun. I also had delicious, uh, like, loaded fries. <laughs> hey, man, the, the, the the, this is the at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, plug for the Alamo Draft House. Oh, heavens, treat yourself. Yeah. I went to the Alamo Draft House uh, about a week later, uh, got some delicious chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Chicken wings, not easy to eat in a movie theater, but I ate them anyway. Next time we're going to send you with some wet wipes. <laughs> so I, I was eating the chicken wings while watching Blackberry, which is... I think head and shoulders above any film released in 2023 that I have seen thus far this year. Hmm, Absolutely fantastic. I'm going to dig up the name of the actor because I can't remember it and I'm awful. Glenn Howerton. Glenn Howerton has the best performance that I've seen this year and probably last year. Phenomenal. Glenn Howerton, who you may remember from... Like the oh, thirty-six cool. seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Motherfucker can act. Glenn. He was acting up a goddamn storm. And it just amazing because it like didn't it didn't really call attention to itself. It was uh, definitely he he owned the screen whenever he was mm. there. But it was not a, 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 like he was not swinging for the fences uh, by any stretch. It was it was absolutely terrific. I want to watch Glenn Howerton in like all of the films now. I, he should be in everything. Yeah, Blackberry, weird. watch Blackberry. So good. And it's Canadian. Huh. As if it couldn't get any better. You know, he was he was in Serenity apparently. Um I got to look that up, but um, I mean that's what the internet tells me. No, no, I I I believe you. Yeah, but, I have um, no idea who he would have been in that. I'm just looking through to see what else uh, I have seen him in. In movies, uh, nothing. Yeah. Not really anything. All right, well, I'll watch that when it's on uh, on DVD. That was something that Brian saw by himself. That was terrific. Yeah, I had a, I had a day off um, last Friday, and I uh, treated myself to a movie. What else? Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. I loved Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. it's coming back to me. I'm delighted by that. Yeah, because I have been feeling pretty impatient (laughs) with the Marvel stuff. I hated 
uh, Doctor Strange and the multiverse. Yeah, yeah. So much. You didn't even bother with Thor: Love and Thunder. You didn't miss much. Yeah, I didn't see Thor: Love and Thunder, or even though I want to, I just have kind of never gotten around yeah. to it. One day I will watch that. Um, I got extremely impatient with all the Disney stuff on like Disney, so much so that we canceled Disney and did yep. not actually finish some of those shows. Never watched She-Hulk. Never watched Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we never finished Moon Moonrise, Moonfall, Moon. We watched Moon Knight. I watched the whole all thing. Moon Maybe I, I'm not sure if I. You may the not have thing. seen all the episodes. Moonrise, Moon Moonfall. Knight kind of broke me. That was the one yeah, that, uh, yeah. that, that like, finally just did me. Got in. tired of like seeing two episodes and they were like pretty good. And it was like a, then the third one was just like, what's happening? Right. <laughs> this is terrible. Right. I hate this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what other movie? Oh, Ant Man. Ant Man wasn't horrible. I, I enjoyed. It was, it. I had a yeah, good time. It was just with Ant Man. I I can't quite understand all, I mean we've talked about this a bit on the podcast I, I, I can't quite understand uh, some of the vitriol yeah I don't I wouldn't say that I had vitriol towards it it was no it no, was, no. It, yeah. it didn't do much for you yeah it was it was pleasant it, yeah. yeah it was enjoyable yeah, exactly. I love Paul yeah. Rudd you know oh yeah yeah um but uh I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was like the best Marvel. So, so anything particular about it that I don't know, just felt you it enjoyed? just felt fun. It just felt like yeah. it and didn't it yeah. didn't try to tell too broad of a of a story. Sure, um, it didn't try to do too much. Uh, I love those characters. Uh, I, I do too. Yeah. I do too. Um, and it's clear that James Gunn adores those characters. Yeah. Uh, the, the film really benefited from the history that the audience has yep. with those characters and fine you know you can you, you're allowed to do that in a film i mean if if if, you, if that weren't the case there's no explanation for the star wars sequels you know like the recent right. ones the recent three um they'll even revive the corpse of carrie fisher to, <laughs> to get a couple of minutes of screen time i enjoyed guardians of the galaxy adam warlock felt kind of shoehorned oh, into the film i was bugged by that but um i'm trying to point to to something uh, tangible that i enjoyed about it it was good fun yeah oh you know what man the um you know that they used cgi trickery for the uh, for the one shot there's a really cool fight scene that looks like like, like a one one take uh moving i'm, I'm butchering the cinematic terms here but mm -hmm. we, we know what i mean you know uh that was really really cool i, I think gun i mean he's been a good director for quite some time yeah. but you can tell that he's continuing to add to his bag of tricks yeah somehow like the baddie in in um I found the baddie in Guardians of the Galaxy to be somehow more plausible as like a newly introduced mm -hmm. character than the baddie in the Quantum. Quantum uh, Kang. Yeah. Jonathan Majors is doing really fantastic. No, no, he work. Is, yeah, he's yeah, a great actor. I, I mean, he did a great job with yeah, the role, but I, somehow I found that that baddie like the story of his character and the thing and all this has been happening in like this tiny microscopic realm. Sure, sure. Yeah. I don't know. I just found it like Guardians of the Galaxy somehow felt like it was more like which is going to sound ridiculous. Yeah. Like happened now and here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even no, though it didn't happen mean. now and here, right? I mean, no, no. It, yeah. Um th that uh, I I I'll part company with you, but this is maybe a nice segue into another film that we watched where we have different views. Uh, mean Girls. Last Saturday we watched. Mhm. Mm and I didn't care for it. I, I thought it was. Um, I, I didn't care for it. There are bits of it that I liked, but <laughs> just to repeat something that I've said, like for the record, 
It's a film where Tina Fey plays a math teacher who takes her shirt off in the first five minutes. <laughs> Movie's got to be like like I'm already on board with this movie, but it just didn't didn't work for me. And here's why: the same I, I, I think like plausibility. I'll use the word plausibility issues that you have with something like Quantum Mania. I had with Mean Girls. Okay. Where uh, I thought the movie was just okay for the record. I thought the that's, musical that's cool. that I saw of it was delightful. Uh, fine, but I actually fine. thought the musical was better than okay. the movie. Yeah. But um, it, it 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 gave me a lot of sympathy to your experience with some uh, some of the Marvel movies and kind of superhero movies generally, where they 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 look at the uh, uh it's a it's a it's a very standard scene in a high school movie like the cafeteria and like the the stereotypes of the kids sitting at the tables it was it was sort of over the top and I'm yeah. like, i like i grade that shit on a curve but it it took me out of it and the the mean girls i believe that there are actually girls like this and I, and I know that the behavior and the mannerisms and everything is exaggerated. But it took me out of it so much that I couldn't really find myself invested in the film. Mm-hmm. Weird. Well, or exactly what you experience <laughs> when you go see Doctor yeah. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Yeah, where, where you're watching this. And, and so I'm seeing this. Oh, I get it now. This is this is what Inessa experiences <laughs> when she watches Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I'm thinking about that. Yeah, you're processing that. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to fill the other dinner <laughs> while I'm processing that. Um, yeah, I thought. I mean, I I did. Know, I mean, I didn't because I wasn't a particularly popular girl. But right. I could name by name mm-hmm. a girl that was sure. exactly that. You know, she was super mean. Yeah. And yet, people kind of crowded around. Like sh- they, you know, it was like better to be inside the tent. The the yeah, camel. The camel. Yeah, yeah the tent <laughs> pissing out yeah, yeah. T- type situation. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say she was necessarily the most popular girl in our class, right. but she was. She had a lot of social sway, and and then she had sort of like hench people, and and what yeah. sort of like inner workings happened between her and her henchmen, I don't actually know because I wasn't part of that. Sure, group. sure. Um, but yes, the the cafeteria scene and all that was like highly exaggerated, but a yeah. lot of like the girl relationship dynamic did not seem crazy to me. I. I, I... I could see that. Yeah. And in a different film, I I, I would have um, it, 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 maybe it would it would have been easier for me to take and I would have enjoyed the film. Uh, it's no Clueless. Is yeah, all no, I'm I mean, saying. Okay, yeah. Clueless, Clueless. I can watch that movie charming. right fucking now. Yeah. And by the way, Clueless. It, maybe it's because something about it, it. I mean, it's it's loads less plausible than Mean Girls, which mm-hmm. is saying something. Um, Clueless is like, oh, come on. But it, maybe it's just aware of its own implausibility. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where things uh, kind of break down for me with, with Mean Girls. Mm. The Mean Girls musical had like a lot of delightful musical numbers that were super fun. And I will say that I, I saw a high school, produ- very, very good high school <laughs> production of uh, You've been talking it up. Yeah, you really enjoyed and, it. And the daughter liked it. And uh, it was a super fun night out. And uh, I, I'm very it, happy. Yeah. yeah, that's when I was watching Tenet, yeah. I think. So uh, everybody won everybody that won night. <laughs> yep, everybody I got won. to watch Tenet with our son. He didn't dig it at first. Yeah, I know. Uh, he said he didn't like it at first. But then he saw it again and he understood it. And, and by again, we mean like at least 10 more times he's watched Something it. Something like that. Since, Maybe not 10, but then, um, yeah. he's watched it quite a few times. Yeah. Um went and got it from the library for him because yeah. it came off of yeah, HBO. Yeah, it was on HBO Max for a little bit and he, he yeah. was watching it. 
Uh, yeah, but it, it, it took uh, it took a couple of tries uh, uh, for him with Tenet. Yeah. What else? I feel like Oops. there's something else. Uh, that might be it. That may be it. Trying to carve out time to watch Picard. Mm. Not enjoying the third season. Hmm. To be honest with you. There go. Not enjoying, you know, the Picard, the first kind of four or five episodes, I really dug it. Um, second season had a couple of uh, good moments. Um, Alison Pill singing in in the second season. I, I wish that there were more of that. Hmm. Uh, and you, do you remember who the actress? Or, I know so, who the actress is, yeah, but okay. I don't remember the singing. You, you didn't see it. I, oh. I watched this like on the plane and in the hotel. I mean, somehow I managed to get through all of season two. Um, and, you know, going to California and back, so I had some time on my hands. Um, <laughs> there's a scene where so she's got some. It's like some mind control fuckery, and. Um, it's a uh, pet Benatar, uh, like uh, running with the shadows of the night. Yeah. Whatever. Right. So, <laughs> here's the thing: uh, they had to describe this because it was really, really awesome, and we need more of this in Star Trek. It was just this really fucking wackadoo moment in the thing. She's got this weird mind control thing. And they're all at this like big uh, celebrity gala in like I think it's meant to be like 2025 mm-hmm. or something like this. Uh, there's some time. To... Point is, she she's got a couple of screws loose. And she uh, uh, wanders off from the rest of the group. The next thing you see, she walks up on stage and starts belting out that song. It's actually Alison Pill singing. Yeah. Because apparently she was a singer before she, she was sing. an actor. Okay. Yeah. She's got an amazing voice. Uh, she looks hot. And it's just this wild, bizarro moment. Like, more of that. <laughs> more of that in my Star Trek, please. Just that, like like freaky, weird, hard left turn. Uh, but then it was kind of downhill after that. Hmm. It's weird. As you were talking, I was sitting here thinking, like, what the difference is in your experience of watching something like Star Trek, yeah. where you would watch it, I'm assuming at some point you watched it just when it was on. Yeah. Right? Like, it was on every week, and you right. made time every week, or you TiVo'd yes. it. Did you TiVo it? Or did uh, this you just... is pre-TiVo. So you just watched it when it was on. Oh, yeah. Right. So, like... But, that... br- br- brief interjection. Yeah. Um, j- just to emphasize that the series finale i didn't see when it and it showed up first because i don't know what you know, whatever it's like a two-hour series finale right. i'm i'm in cincinnati with uh, uh my ex-wife and it's like middle of the afternoon they showed it again and we turned it we turned it on to it was like flipping channels mm-hmm. and somehow we caught the very beginning of the episode and i said fuck we we can't go anywhere we have to <laughs> like like for real i said yeah. like like oh fuck i think this is the series finale so we had to sit there and watch it watch it right because that was your opportunity yeah. to watch it yeah exactly so like the experience of watching it like that versus watching it the way that we do now which is sometimes like all at once but right. then sometimes like it isn't because the kids are downstairs watching yeah. tv or whatever yeah, and how your it. experience of watching that would be altered if it was just you just watched one episode yeah. a week on Thursday night for the whole season. So a couple of things to uh, uh, to address there. Number one, the experience is not as good. That is your partial- experience now is not as good. Correct. Yeah. That is partially a function of the irregularity with which I'm watching it. It's kind of feast or famine, right? Uh, especially with with Picard uh, or Star Trek generally, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of feast or famine. I don't dig that. Which means that I'm watching, I'm burning through an episode just trying to get back into the groove of things. Right. The other problem is next generation, most television through the like mid-late 90s is episodic. Right. Meaning you didn't have to watch everything. Right. Um, finally, the, um, the way that 
these limited run series for streaming are done, you get eight episodes or 10 episodes. All of them are more than 45 minutes. They're usually like fit between 50 minutes and an hour. An hour. Uh, it varies, but usually 50 minutes and an hour. It's got to be eight episodes. It's got to be 10 episodes and it's got to be fully one arc. Uh, what is what is like? We'll say like five hundred minutes. Five hundred minutes is too long to tell a story. Sometimes it is. Yep. In ten chunks, yep. it, it's just they're not hitting it. Yeah, they're not hitting it. Uh, that's the problem with the Disney Plus stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some exceptions. Stuff. Like yeah, they, there are yeah. some exceptions, but they're they're pretty rare. Uh, I'll give you an example of a series that does reasonably well with that: The Crown. Mm-hmm. not unmissable television but right. it's 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 good you know it's good kind of weeknight when you want to check out tv mm-hmm. largely because it's it, it's pretty episodic right the best but, ones for me like i'm just thinking of like buffy where it's like there's a there is a seasonal arc but it's not yeah, there's there's, a big bad. yeah, yeah. but there then there are like some one-off episodes that the x-files yeah. was the same thing yeah yeah now next generation was they would they wouldn't have any arcs any seasonal arcs but they would have stuff that would pay off in later seasons that would reference other stuff mm-hmm. largely all the stuff to do with Worf and his klingon stuff klingon uh, history right deep space 9 was fucking amazing at at that um they really pushed into the uh uh the arc uh kind of thing but they did it in a way that uh, I didn't have trouble keeping with it. Mm-hmm. deep space 9 is just fucking amazing Bottom line, yep. <laughs> uh, the way that streaming is working, they have not cracked that formula right. in most cases. It's a little long. Oh, yep. Lost in Space, that's a pretty decent one. Yep. They would occasionally um, drag a bit, but Lost in Space was pretty okay with the Yeah, pacing. I'm sure if I sat down, I could make a list of ones that were yeah. a season like that that were, that yeah. were good. I can just as easily make but ones. The, but all the that, Disney stuff was terror. It just felt like about the, the third, sometimes yeah. the fourth episode, yeah. they just kind of run out. Like they just right. didn't know what to do then. Yeah, yeah, they're padding. They're they're just trying to fill time because yeah. there's this presumption that that's what the audience demands. Yeah. Presumption may be may be sound. Sure. I think that there are a lot of people. That, oh yeah, I want more TV. I want to be able to just you know watch it for four fucking hours. Um, you know, it reminds me, and, and then I'll, and then I'll um, yeah, yeah, we're at time. Finish up. Um, stand up. Okay. Um, <sighs> it's it's hard to keep up. At the same time, not much happens, which means that if you if you fall asleep for 20 minutes in the middle of like a four-hour binge it, it won't be matter. that big of a yeah. deal which reminds me of um wagner who has famously long operas where there's just a lot of recitation uh slow bits and, and somebody once said like, like wagner clearly knows his audience he, he knows that um if a man falls asleep in the middle of one of his operas he can wake up and ask his wife hey what did i miss and she can say um actually not much <laughs> Like falling asleep in the second set of a Grateful Dead show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's basically yeah. what 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 streaming TV is like right now. We've come full circle. It's basically the Ring Cycle from the nineteenth <laughs> you know, century. All right. All right. Well, uh, welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back and goodbye. And goodbye. Thank you for listening to the X Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. 
Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa. <laughs>